You might have a jerky husband, and that's okay, but start praying for that guy. Let the Lord take over that situation. Begin to pray that God changes. If you're not praying for your husband and husbands, if you're not praying for your wife, you know what? You're never going to be who you need to be for each other. If you're not praying, because, and if you're not in the Word, how do you know who to be for your wife if you're not in the Word? I'm going to get on guys at this point. And ladies, the same thing. If you're not in the Word, how do you know how to be the, the kind of wife that your husband needs? been said, the family that prays together stays together. This may seem like a nice sounding quote with a ring to it, but it's actually quite biblical. The only way we have a shot at maintaining a successful marriage is by having a close, intimate relationship with Jesus first and foremost. Today, Pastor Mark will be exhorting us to have harmonious fellowship with God, and in doing so, all our other relationships will thrive as well, especially with our spouse. When you choose to sacrifice your time in the morning or in the evening to pray and read the Word of God, you'll end up reaping a spiritual reward. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 25 with today's edition of Come Alive. Ask other people, hey, can can you talk to me? Am am I open to new ideas? Am Am I cool with new things? And if they say no, then you might need to do some changing. Maybe you know somebody like that. And I would say if you know somebody like that, begin praying for them. Pray for them. And we're going to see something amazing here as well. Look at verse 18. It says, Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five sheaves of roasted grain, and 100 clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Now she starts her own little home delivery system here. She packs up all this food. Abigail goes out to intercede on behalf of her foolish husband. I think this is awesome. I mean, you know, when I read this story and, and, and I was studying this, I was like, you know, uh, Abigail would be a great Mother's Day person to do a, a, one of those Mother's Day messages on because she's a smart woman. Uh, I would think this would be her chance to say, uh, you know, we, we read about how horrible her husband is and how bad her marriage is, obviously, because if he's really this way with other people, he's probably that way with her. And so it would be her opportunity to sit there and hear this from these messengers and think, huh, this is actually my chance to get out of this marriage. If I do absolutely nothing, David and his men will come in here and they will wipe out my husband. And then, hey, I'm set free. But she doesn't do that. She intercedes on behalf of her foolish husband. And what you see, you know, she could have said, man, I'm just going to sit here and wait until he gets his head cut off, and then I'm, I'm a free woman. I don't have to put up with his foolishness anymore, but she intercedes for the fool. And so is there a foolish person so full of pride and anger in your life that you can intercede for them? Hey, we all might know somebody like that, where we could say, you know what, yeah, there is that foolish person. I'm going to just pray. I'm going to intercede. Every time I hear somebody talking bad about that person, I'm going to be the person that goes up and says, hey, that's not the way to talk about that person. 
And so maybe there's somebody in your life that you can intercede for, that you can begin praying about. See, Jesus tells us to love those people we want to hate. And you're going to be perpetually attacked all the time. All the time. If you're in a marriage like that or if you're in a relationship like that, just know you're going to be perpetually attacked. But there is something you can do and you can intercede. And see, one of the things that the servant said in the last verse was he's, David's going to come and he's going to wipe out all of us as well. It's going to be a war. And so look at verse 19. And she said to her servants, go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. Now some of us might say, and here's what I want you to do, ladies. Jot this down real quick. This gal, Abby, is very industrious. Just write down industrious. We read she's beautiful. That's important. Beauty's important, but it's fleeting. We know it can disappear. But she's beautiful in the sense that she's, she's smart, and that's part of her beauty. So she's industrious. But so is being industrious. It's a very important character to have as a lady, or just as a Christian overall. But as a lady, it's very important to be industrious. We all agree that this husband of hers is a jerk, but in this dark, bleak situation, she is a light. And so your husband may have some real serious problems, but if you're joined together as one, there are also your serious problems. See, in marriage, it says you come together as one. And I've talked to people who say, you know, well, my husband's, you know, he's a drug addict or he's an alcoholic. And his problem is, and I'm like, no, that's your problem. No, 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 that's his problem. No, that's your problem. If you married him, that's your problem as well because it affects you. It affects you. And so you become one. And so his problems or her problems are your problems. And so that's what happens. And so they're very serious problems. Don't say God gave Abigail supernatural strength and he's not going to give me supernatural strength. That's not true. The promises of God are for all of us. And so Abigail knew God's hand was upon him, on David. She knew that. And if she would have told her husband what she was doing, he would have made another foolish decision and probably gotten everyone killed. It would have been suicide. It would have been a mass suicide. And so she doesn't say anything. Now, a lot of times, you know, you might be like, well, you know what? Hold on. She should have told her husband. Well, not true. Because we see that Nabal is not dialed into the things of God, yet Abigail is. Because she knows who David is, and she knows that David is the anointed one. And there are those times when if your husband is morally incorrect or asks you to do something that is completely against God, something like maybe causing the whole household to get murdered, then you need to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to take care of this problem. So guys, husbands, don't disregard the wisdom of your wives. Don't disregard the wisdoms of your wives. Just because you're stubborn or hard-headed or too prideful, don't be a fool. Don't be a Nabal. To let a woman tell me what to do, huh. You know, I've actually heard somebody say that just a couple of weeks ago. No woman's going to tell me what to do. I was like, really? Really? And so you continue to make foolish mistakes. You need somebody to tell you what to do. I can obviously tell by the way you live your life. Whoa. I don't know, man. She's not always right. Of course she's not always right. Neither are you. And so pride will tend to take over, and don't let pride get in the way. Look at verse, um, where do we leave off? 20-something. Abigail made haste, took 200 loaves, and she said to her servants, go on before me, but she did not tell her husband Nabal. Verse 20, so it was as she rode on the donkey that she went down under the cover of the hill, and there was David and his men coming down toward her. And she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so nothing was missed of all that belongs to him, and that he has repaid me evil for good. 
May God do so, and more also to the enemies of David, if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Now, this was going to be a serious fight. Uh, David was going in to kill every person, everyone. And he knew it was probably going to take all night long. And they didn't have guns, so it was going to be some hacking taking place with swords. Now, when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, bowed down on the ground. And so she fell at his feet, and she said, On me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. So, uh, verse 25, Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. And now this present, which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. So here, if you look at her attitude, okay, so she's beautiful, she's industrious, and her attitude, she calls herself a maidservant. She's humble. That's another great quality any Christian should have, is to be humble. And she takes the blame, if you look at that, she takes the blame for her husband. She, she's got looks, she's smart, and she's humble. This would be a true woman of God. And it's not that she has to be made up. It's just that her beauty is her walk with the Lord. She's a very loyal woman. So that'd be another character. She's loyal, standing by her man for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse. And again, she gets the idea of one flesh. She totally understands that whole idea. Many Christians do not. Many Christians don't get that. And before you say, well, you know, she's bad-mouthed her husband, not so. She just stated the fact that everyone knew that Nabal was a fool, that he was foolish. She just stated a fact. She wasn't gossiping about her husband. She wasn't trying to make David her hero or conqueror because she says, it's my fault. It's my fault for not being there. Look at verse 29. It says, Yet man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord, your God, and the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. So she, she understands who David is. She, she remembers the whole David-Goliath battle. Verse 30, And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel. That this will be no grief to you, nor offense of heart to my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause, or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maid servant. So here she is concerned for the Lord's anointed. She's, she's concerned for the things of God that God has planned for David. And so she's saying, don't do anything you're going to regret when you come to a position of power, David. Hey, I, you, everybody knows you're going to be king. Everybody knows you've been anointed. Everybody knows you, David. Everybody knows Saul is after you. 
Don't do anything you're going to regret by shedding innocent blood of this foolish man who won't give you some barbecue. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it. So she speaks and she takes a stand. She is not that milk toast, mousy kind of a Christian girl that just kind of sits there and smiles and, oh, everything is okay, everything. No, everything is not okay. There are people about to come in and destroy your household. Do something. Oh, well, we'll just pray and see what God does. No, do something. Physically do something. Run or go confront it. But do something. Don't just sit there foolishly. And so she speaks because she is concerned about David's well-being. See, here it is. She, she's standing by her man. She's loyal to him on this one hand. But she's also understanding that, hey, you know what? David could be seen as the enemy as well. But she's in the middle. She's bridging the gap. And some of us might have friends that are on one hand a fool. And friends on the other hand that are ready to tear that fool apart. And you're stuck in the middle in that battle. How do you intercede? Where do you stand? What do you do? How do you take a stand? you got to look out for the well-being of both of your friends. Say, hey, you know, his life isn't worth killing. It's a life. God created this fool. He didn't make him a fool, but he created him as a life. He chose to do the wrong thing. And here's this guy over here on the other hand that wants to rip him apart. But, hey, I don't want you to go to prison because, you know what, I, I love you. I care for you. And it's not going to be worth it. Just think if you do this foolish thing now, you're young. It could come back to haunt you later in your political career, David. Or it could come back to haunt you in a, in, in a, in a lifetime. And, and I know that from, from full well experiences. And so she's concerned for the Lord's anointed. She's concerned for the things of God. And you know what? You and I are the Lord's anointed. And God created your spouse, whether they're foolish or a believer or not. He's created them. And so where do you stand when people are after? Maybe you need to take a stand and get in his face or her face and say, hey, you know, and I just want to speak wisdom into the lives of other people. And that's what we should do as Christians, to be willing to speak wisdoms, wisdom into the lives of other people in a kind, humble manner, not rude and not distasteful, but very tactfully. Verse 32, it says, Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice. And blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. And so here again, she, like Deborah before her, Abigail and and Esther after her, knew that a moment can alter the lives of a lot of people and of her whole country. Verse 34 says, For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and came to come to me to meet me, surely by morning light no males would have been left to Nabal. And so David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. So he's like, man, this is awesome. And so if you're a lady and you think about the influence you can have if you practice everyday obedience to the Lord, you can have huge influence over the people around you. And even just as a Christian. But I think a lot of times, you know, uh, ladies, you, you count yourself out and think, oh, well, you know, that's the guy's thing to do, to go out there and do that. That's the guy. No, no, no. It's all of our thing to do to go out there and share our faith, take a stand for the right thing. It's important that we all get out. But don't ever think that because you're a girl, because you're a lady, that you can't do something, that you can't influence other people for the right. 
But if you just practice everyday obedience to the Lord, you'll be amazed at what you could do. You could change a moment in somebody's life that could change their eternity. Just that one moment when they meet you and you speak the wisdom of God into their lives. And you guys, do you see what David did for us? you see what David did? He listened to a woman. He listened. He said, hey, you know what? Thank you. Hey, you're, you're preventing me from doing something stupid. I mean, how many times a day does my... I, I wonder, you know, like, if I would even be alive if I didn't have my wife. Women can be used by God in a very powerful way. So ladies, don't hesitate to speak up. Don't be afraid of the confrontation. You might have to butt heads. And that's okay. Sometimes we need our heads butted. So David's like, dude, I was so holy in chapter 24, right? Think about David. He's probably riding back on his horse or his donkey or whatever he's on to do war with. And he's like riding back. He's like, dude, I'm so holy in chapter 24. And here in chapter 25, I'm a jerk. I'm a wreck. I really need to get it all together because in the next chapter, 26, I got a lot of important stuff to do. Thanks, Abby. Thanks, Abigail, for doing what you did, taking a stand. And so David's like, wow, this girl, she's beautiful. She's industrious. She's loyal. She's humble. She can cook. She has wisdom. Man, I may come back to all that because she is all that. And David's probably checking her out going, wow, you know, she's a beautiful girl. Wow. You think I'm kidding? Look what happens next. Verse 36. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore, she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal, and his wife had told him those things, that his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. Now, here's probably what happened. He wakes up, he's a little hungover, and she's like, Hey, Nabal, yo fool, I gave away a bunch of your stuff. And he's probably like, and he starts freaking out. And he gets sick. It says he it came like a stone. He, he turned a little gray. Verse 38. Then it happened about after 10 days that the Lord struck Nabal and he died. Now here's where it gets cool. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, praise the Lord. I mean, who says that? When you hear something, he's like, praise the Lord. He's dead. Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from his hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil for the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head and David sent and proposed to Abigail he's like hey man this chick is hot she's fine I want her I'm gonna get her Lord if it's your will bam I don't recommend praying prayers like that don't be chasing married women single guys get you in a lot of trouble you might be the one that's dead but I mean this is I mean this is just so I could just see this as a movie all the women crying married to a jerk and he beat her and he was mean and you know all this stuff and then at the end dun 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 there's David and he's all cut and his chest is ripped you know standing there looking good and you guys are sitting next to your wives sucking it in trying to I need to be like David where's a horse and a sword is there a fool I can go out and chase after maybe and let my wife talk me into it because you know it was all about the listening Abigail was all like oh what a man he just listens to me all the time right and so David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. And when the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her, saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Then she arose, bowed her face to... Man, this is an amazing woman. She's constantly bowing her face to the earth. Bowed her face to the earth and said, Here's your maidservant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. I mean, it's like, 
David could probably, he could be rude and be like, hey guys, wow, she's amazing. She's going to come in here. You don't worry. She's going to wash your feet for you. She's my girl. That's the kind of girl that she is. And it says, Abigail rose in haste on verse 42, rode on a donkey, attended by five of her maidservants, and she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. This is where the Kleenexes can come out. You can pat your eyes. David also took a Ahinoam of Jezreel, and so both of them were his wives. But Saul had given Michael as his daughter, uh, uh, Michael, his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, the son of Latish, who was from Galam. And so here's this thing, you know, just to wrap this all up. Some of you girls have been taking notes. I, I watched you, you know, you're writing down loyalty, industry, beauty, and it doesn't mean, you know, because some of your eyes are like, hmm, loyalty, beauty, smart. It doesn't mean that the Lord's going to kill your husband. It's not what that means. Just because you're loyal, you're beautiful, you're humble, and you do the things, that doesn't mean he's going to be wiped out. See, well, you might have a jerky husband, and that's okay, but start praying for that guy. Let the Lord take over that situation. Begin to pray that God changes. If you're not praying for your husband and husbands, if you're not praying for your wife, you know what? You're never going to be who you need to be for each other. If you're not praying, because, and if you're not in the Word, how do you know who to be for your wife if you're not in the Word? I'm going to get on guys at this point. And ladies, the same thing. If you're not in the Word, how do you know how to be the, the kind of wife that your husband needs? How do you know? He may be a fool, but it may be your words of wisdom that change him. And your words of wisdom are going to come from the Bible. You're not changing him. Give him to God. See, if we Christians just give those fools that are in our lives to God and let him take care of them, do it for the Lord. Because if you don't, then, well, you'll just be disappointed all the time. You'll be bummed out that you constantly have to hang out with a fool. And so regardless of whether or not your spouse is who or she is supposed to be, if you're the person you're supposed to be, God will work in amazing ways. If you're the person you're supposed to be, quit taking the victim mentality. If you think you're a victim, well, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for that. Foolish. Don't ever come to me saying that because I'm going to go, oh, you're a poor victim. I feel bad for you. What about you? What are you doing to change your situation? What are you doing to change you? What's God telling you to do to change you? See, Abigail did what was right even though her husband was a fool. She stood up for him. She took responsibility for him. And she did everything she could to possibly protect the guy. She spared his life. The Lord took it. If she had not done these things, she would have not been the bride of the king. And so one day, a greater love story will whisk you away into his kingdom. You're going to be free from the Nabals, you and I. Because we know Jesus, the bridegroom, is going to come back and get his church, his bride, and whisk her away. Every book in the Bible holds meaning for us, even in our modern times. In 1 Samuel, for example, Pastor Mark has been teaching us about the power and sovereignty of God. Our Creator does what He needs to in order to accomplish His tasks, regardless of our involvement. How much better would it be, though, if we did step into God's plan for His world? God wants to use each of us to do incredible things for the kingdom. All we need to do is be willing. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from 1 Samuel, and we'd like to encourage you to keep reading ahead. You'll learn a lot as you discover God for yourself. Another good place to hear and study the Word is in a church setting. Here's Tracy with a little more about what being in the body of Christ can mean for you. Joining a church is more than just showing up for a Sunday morning service. 
It's getting to know the people you're worshiping with. As the church body grows together in the love and teaching of God's Word, it will become a powerful and effective witness for Christ within its walls and beyond. If you're near Katy, Texas, we'd love to meet you Sunday at 10 a.m. at Calvary Katy. Visit comealiveradio.com to find out more and get directions. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well to keep up with the latest editions of Come Alive. You can find it on Google Play or iTunes. Thanks for tuning in today to Come Alive.